Hey everyone, welcome to the Effort Over Everything podcast. We're on episode five today. Uh, joining us is uh, Will Kinsman to the podcast, uh, former Minot State ACHA men's hockey national champion, uh, <laughs> in case anyone's interested. Uh, he's the current head coach of the Vincent Massey Trojans, a local hockey team here, um, and the general manager at Undefeated Health and Performance uh, here in Winnipeg. So got him on today, got some good topics uh, we're going to talk about, kind of his uh his journey through CrossFit and using CrossFit to help uh, other athletes train through hockey, uh, what it's like kind of programming for a gym uh, now and during um, just regular times. So it's not a pandemic happening. And then uh, some other things that uh, he's had throughout his journey through sports and fitness. So welcome to the podcast, Will. Thanks for having me, boys. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, if you let's talk about your journey through hockey, so through high school and then college. I've never actually heard this story. I'm sure you've got some, maybe some good stories. I know you you went to Dakota State first and then you transferred to Minot. Um, so if you want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, so grew up in Winnipeg, obviously. And then after high school, uh, um, unlike like football or basketball or any other kind of college sport, hockey, um, most freshmen that come in, unless they're like already a NHL draft pick, they're coming in as a like 21 year old freshman. Um, so that means that most guys go play junior hockey for a while. Um, and that's what I opted to do. I wasn't ready for school. Um, didn't know what I wanted to take or what I wanted to do. Um, so left home, went out to uh, Dryden, Ontario, uh, about four hours from Winnipeg and played some junior hockey for two years. And then, uh, Got an opportunity to play some junior college hockey at uh, Dakota College at Botno, like Rich said. Um, played there for two seasons and then transferred down to Minot, just an hour down the road from Botno, um, which at the time the program was um, on the upswing. They had just hired a new coach and they were starting to build something pretty cool. So jumped in there and my third year of college hockey and my first year there, we won national championship, which was pretty cool um definitely like highlight of my athletic career for sure um and then finished off my last year of school and, and hockey and then and moved home um and there's some interesting bumps along the way uh through that um before my last year is kind of where I really started to get into fitness um I had trained for hockey obviously since I was like 13 or 14 um but really started to take things a little more seriously, probably at the end of my career, which is kind of weird. Um, more or less my nutrition more than anything, but that is when I kind of found CrossFit, um, at least figured out what it was anyway. Um, I probably didn't start using it as a methodology for training until like hockey was over actually though. Um, but started to implement little bits of it into uh, in-season training and stuff when Times, times were tight to get uh, studying and practice and weights in and everything. So you only got a couple minutes. You could do grace pretty quick and get back to the library. So, yeah. Awesome. So what was, um, what was life like as a student athlete trying to juggle everything? I remember my time when I was playing football at university. It was super, super challenging with football. You know, sometimes you're practicing uh you know two three hours a day then you've got five six hours of class and not only do you have more homework to do but then you're also expected you know get into the weight room a couple times a week um so is there anything um you found really challenging and then anything that helped uh through like those tough times like juggling courses or just a big schedule i think the the biggest thing is just finding balance right like making a schedule for yourself which when i first started like as a freshman was not on the table but as you go you figure out you're not going to do very well at anything if we're not balancing stuff um so that happened pretty quick i also like when i went to botno it's a it's a junior college right so it's literally smaller than the high school i went to and um you get you get to get your feet wet and the teachers are really good about you know helping you find a balance um, because there's so few students, they have the ability to help you kind of through that. Um, but then even going to Minot, it's still a smaller university um, and teachers are good to, you know, help you out. Um, they're also great with all student athletes. You know, if we're going on the road, they give us work ahead of time so that 
we could try and get it done before we left. So when we're on the road, we don't have to worry as much about getting homework in. Um, when all we got to do is just worry about getting some sleep, getting some food in, and performing on the ice. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a challenge to um, to balance everything. But I think that's that's something that definitely has helped me. And I'm sure you too, Rich, um, in your professional life is like all the things you want to get done in a day. How do you create a schedule for yourself to be productive? Otherwise, if you're trying to do everything all at once, it's not going to go well for you. Yeah, my first big experience with like literally laying out every hour of my day was my first year, first semester at university was when exams came and like we, we had mandatory study hall every morning if you didn't have an exam. And so the first couple of days, the first day in study hall, the coach just said like, okay, take out a piece of paper, it's two week exam period, like write out your 14 days and just literally create a schedule for yourself. Like yeah. <clears throat> you have eight hours of sleep. So therefore you got 16 hours left in your day. You know, you're, you're at study hall by, I think it was like 8.30 AM. And then what does it look like? So two hours of study hall, then it would usually go, go to the weight room for an hour or two then go get lunch then back to studying then maybe have an exam in the evening so it was literally just like every hour of my day was blocked off it was something yeah. to do obviously leaving myself like an hour or two in the evening to kind of relax and enjoy myself a bit but, yeah. you still got to be a college student um, yeah. we had fun though like i don't like i said how like hockey players when they kind of come into college hockey in the states anyway they're older that definitely helps because like the culture of the team or the program is a little bit older, a little bit more mature. So those junior and senior guys that are 23, 24, almost 25 years old, they're pretty mature in the sense of like, if there's a freshman that's not getting shit done outside the rink, then they're going to be able to help them figure that out pretty quick. Um, at least that was my experience anyway. Uh, guys are pretty good about being a team on and off the ice, so. That that's a vast difference compared to what I hear about UND, like University yeah. of North Dakota hockey uh, over here in Grand Forks, because they are just a bunch of party animals. Oh, Ryan, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> come on, it, like America, it's very cheap to consume liquor. Um, <laughs> if if you wanted to, there's a night every day of the week in Minot you can probably drink all you want for under ten dollars. Um, at least that was what it was like in 2013, 2014 anyway. Um, and we definitely took advantage of that here and there, but uh, definitely more so in months, in the spring months when hockey ends in yeah. March, February, and we're there, stuck there till May, but we're not practicing or really doing much else than 12-ounce curls and trying to study. Yeah. Like there was a that my uh, second year there, a couple guys from Saskatchewan, big Blue Jays fans in the MLB, they obviously opening day starts when we're still down there, and they took it upon themselves to drink every day the Blue Jays were playing. Which is like five yeah. days a week. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, awesome. There are some hockey players that – are professional athletes, right? They get they get paid a lot, but they look like my Grand Forks public bus driver, right? Just Still like the, just a slovenly looking man that like looks like he doesn't work out, you know? Like there are a bunch of those hockey players. Their their asses and their quads are just massive and strong, but then like their upper body, it's like you know not not the most impressive, not what you would think would be a NHL hockey player, yeah. Cut like a bag of milk. Um, Will, I'm curious. I'm qu curious to hear um, your experience. I know that yourself and I are connected, and uh, through my current coach, your former strength and conditioning coach, um, I'm kind of curious to hear how you got started working uh, with Terry Hadlow. Um, at what age? In what capacity were you on a you know minor hockey league team? Like I know, like Terry, for those of you guys who don't know, he uh, used to run what was called the Optimum uh, Training Training Academy, and he would not only uh, teach weightlifting, but he also 
you know, had dry land hockey and many other sports teams come through yeah. his academy, which was run out of the, <clears throat> the downstairs gym at the Dakota community dungeon. Center. Yeah. In the dungeon. dungeon. And, uh, yeah, if you could just, uh, let us know kind of like how that started, um, what kind of training you did with him and kind of like how that affected you as a coach, um, to this day. Yeah. Um, so I would have started the first time I met Terry, I would have been like, 13 years old probably and I came in with like a minor hockey league team like you're saying Dave like he ran our team dryland once a week and um what really well got me to want to train with him by myself anyway was because like when you go to a summer hockey camp or your team does dryland like that and a lot of times it's like a glorified phys ed class. You do some plyometric stuff, agility ladders, blah, 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 and you're playing fucking dodgeball or something like that for the last 10, yeah. 15 minutes before mom and dad pick you up. And right. um, that was not the case at all with Terry. Um, <laughs> you know, you're 13 years old, you're learning how to back squat, bench press, power clean, like all that stuff, which is great, but it's like eye-opening experience for sure. Um, right. And... That was the first time that I had been like really pushed in that aspect anyway. And um, my dad had brought it up like after that season and said, Hey, like you remember Terry who ran your guys dry and he does like a summer program. Do you want, would you want to go work out a little bit? I was like, yeah, I'd go try it out. And like just started with like two or three times a week. Um, just, yeah. In, in the gym with him and learned how to back squat and power clean bench press it's kind of the, the basic stuff and then um the following years when i really started to get into it uh when i was like 14 15 years old and obviously that's a good time for any young person to start to be exercising their body's primed to be putting on lean muscle and that kind of thing and um yeah terry definitely um probably he's probably my most influential coach period never mind just like strength conditioning coach but like from even like hockey coaches um just from a mindset standpoint like um no there's no bs in there there's no um messing around you're in the weight room it's serious if you're not serious about it like you could get seriously hurt if you're taking a set off um but he was very sarcastic um and that has kind of rubbed off on me a little bit. I, I tr- I'm a pretty sarcastic guy. Um, and yeah, he's, it's hard to describe like how he coaches. I'm sure Dave, you're the same way. Like he's so quiet. And some days if you do something wrong, it's like how you ask him how that set was. And it was, it's, you're getting a ton of feedback or the next day it could be like, Oh, that's wrong. Do it again. And mm-hmm. um, that was, very eye-opening for me as a 15 16 17 year old being like okay like how do i how do i make this guy happy like what do i what do i gotta do and i think that's where he, they posted a while back not a while back uh, the other day a flashback photo of their like 300 chair that they had yeah. at the gym um 300 pounds is not a lot to squat but back when we were 13 and he had hockey teams coming in there you know every oh. night you got little idiots trying to sit in his comfy computer chair he's like you can't sit there why not well you haven't squatted 300 pounds so then that just became the thing all the yeah. kids wanted to squat 300 so they could sit in a chair and yeah. which drove me to try and squat 300 pounds like i squatted 300 for the first time when i would have been like 15 years old which is like for a hockey yeah. player that's a big squat that's, it's a big squat especially when you're not like competing in weightlifting or crossfit right um and uh yeah but his methodologies, like now, like if I look back at it, um, the amount of volume that I did on like a leg day or something like that is probably not something like I would prescribe anymore. Um, it gets you very, very strong. It gets you very, very sore as well. Um, but I think the game of hockey anyway is a little bit different than when I trained for it. Um, guys are um, leaner for sure, faster. The biggest thing that I try to do is make sure guys aren't getting hurt when they go back. Injury prevention is more or less a big thing that I work on now um, after doing it for a couple of years. Whereas before, when I first started, I definitely was doing a lot of, you know, 
hour and a half to two hour squat days with the kids and it's like okay these guys are wound like corks we gotta right. look at what else we can do which is kind of where i started where i when i found crossfit i was working um at Fredrickson performance center in brandon had an internship with the wheat kings there and yeah. jim Fredrickson is there or was their strength coach and he kind of introduced me to some of like the poliquin methods and stuff and some more like almost like a bodybuilding side of like how hockey players train as well um lots of tempos lots of time under tension um and he's the one that also introduced me to just like being serious about nutrition which is was not something terry ever really talked about with me not that he wouldn't have if i had asked but it wasn't something that he was like pushing out there um right away anyway right um i'm curious to know like as you know like when you were training with terry like when when you're there you're there to work right yeah and it's like if you're not working like i've seen it like i've been a part of it you're asked to you could be asked to leave yep and like i feel like you know i mean he definitely hasn't changed he doesn't care like you know he's not not scared to hurt someone's feelings but in your situation especially now like and i don't want to say kids are soft now and like we were all hard or whatever but like how what happens if you're you know running dry land or running your team through whatever and and kids are just you know you can tell their heads in the clouds like how do you how do you deal with that without you know without just being like buddy you're like you got to get out of here like Um, that's what like terry would have no problem being like you yeah. can call your parents come get you because your your mind's not in the game so like i don't want you here yeah i i'll never i've never had that situation where i've like been at a point where i want someone to leave um it depends on what my relationship is with the kid um if he's one of the guys that's on like the hockey team that i coach um i, I probably have a pretty good relationship with him and i could rip him a new one if i needed to to just to, to focus because i see him every day um, right. if it's one of the summer kids though that you know, I only see kind of from end of April to beginning of September. Um, and I don't, you know, like they're not calling me on Friday night if they need a ride somewhere. Like it's right, right. not that type of relationship. Um, but for those kids, it's for most of them anyway, I'll pull them aside and say, look, you need to get your head screwed on and get back to work. And usually that's all it is. Um, I also, there's a couple kids that I've had for a number of years, um, for, since I started at, uh, undefeated. And then as well, I worked with them when I was working for Terry for a couple summers. Um, and those kids almost take it upon themselves, like from a, in a team aspect, almost, they, they almost see themselves as a captain. And right. I, a lot of time don't even need to say anything. They'll say it for me. It's like, boys, what are we doing here? Like there's 350 pounds on the bar. Like, <laughs> Smart yeah. up kind of thing. And it, it that, is... he's, he's one of those kids that he's 22, 23 years old, and he's not afraid to tell a 17, 18-year-old, like, come on, let's go. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I love that's one of the coolest things about that training environment to me is when you've been there long enough and, you know, let's let's say gain, the res- gain Terry's respect, it's like you kind of earn your, your place to start speaking up yeah. You know, if someone if someone's attempting, you know, a heavy lift or a PR, other people are goofing around. Like sometimes you're, there's going to be like, you know, like you got to tell people to shut the fuck up. Like yeah. it's 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 business for the next few minutes yeah. here, and like let's be respectful to the person lift trying to, you know, set yeah, a new you're not, squat record. You're not walking around this. somebody yeah. lifting or like yeah, you're not being a distraction. Let them focus yeah. and do their thing for sure. Yeah, very cool. But yeah, my time with Terry was something that was, I think, I can't put a price on that. Like, he, I don't know if I necessarily learned a ton about methodology from him, from training. Um, I learned a ton, though, about hard work, grit, and just um, being a man or, or growing up a little bit, I think. Um, yeah. Because at that time, for me anyway, when I was growing up, my dad's a golf pro. So yep. in the summer months, like he's not around. So that was a, he's, he was like a, a father figure almost in some way for me growing up through you know, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, when you're a young man growing up, like that's, that's a time where like you need some guidance and, yeah. and he definitely helped with that for sure. 
hundred percent. Well, it's it's kind of funny because like you know, you, you say maybe not methodology wise, but I know I've been in the gym and been and seen stuff on the board where I'm like, well, I know where we got that from. Kind of thing. Like, you know, I see like I see like the six 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 workouts and stuff like that that you know you clearly used to do. Yeah. Um, at o, at OTA and like even my guys like I use a lot of you know I it's no secret I use a lot of his squat protocols. Um, Ryan <laughs> Ryan's been going through tons of had low squats for the last three months and you know yeah. moved his back squat 50 pounds in like right. a three months period so um yeah it's 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 hard work but i mean it's it's been proven to <laughs> to, totally. to work so yeah ryan cool. are you crippled for a couple days after those or what um yeah like this volume cycle that we're doing right now <laughs> like i'll just get up from gaming or studying down here and i'll walk upstairs and just like I have to put effort into walking upstairs. Like, it's not, like, something that you do. It's, it's like, something that's very hard. Like, I'm just sore, and, like, two days later, like, my ass starts getting sore, and I'm like, I, that was two days ago. I've had three sleeps, and I'm still, yeah. like, three still sleep. happening, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Dave, run, do you run, run. like, the, the full jump squat, pause squat, speed squat? Uh, Ryan's done a lot of speeds, not the jumps. Um, but it, it, it's not quite like I don't put him through the full like squat, box jump, speed yeah. squat, box jump, pause squat, box jump. Not that, but like he does do, you know, seven five three into speeds, six four two into speeds, stuff like that. Um, That's the most demoralizing so, for sure. You do like four or five sets of just like heavy back squats, and then it's like, yeah, your workout's not even like a quarter done. You got this, this, <laughs> this, this, this. You're still squatting for another hour, actually. So, yeah. Um, it's tough, but like, man, it's, that's one thing, same thing. Like I've never seen, I've never seen the protocols like typically like, you know, in in, what I've seen in in like, you know, coaching and working at different gyms and stuff is like, you know, certain people will will respond to certain types of loads or certain volumes or whatever, but without fail, like I've, I've never seen his protocols not work on someone. Yeah. Like as far as getting getting someone strong like it's just a hundred percent of the time people get wildly strong and like i remember you know 10 well nine years ago when i was in there like you said you knew you were probably one of these kids but like there was 15 year old kids squatting 400 pounds in that in that gym in the basement like it was it was shocking how strong these kids were oh yeah Um, it's it was the amount of the amount of guys that were all squatting big weights was like like you said is insane like yeah if you come watch my kids train like you know there's a couple kids that are like you know pushing around over 300 for reps and stuff but it's not everybody's got a one rm of 400 and they're doing (laughs) speeds and squats with 300 and like yeah it's it was insane but i think that was a competitive environment that carrie almost accidentally created right um those all guys around the same age wanting to do the same thing with the sport and realizing that, okay, the guy next to me is willing to go through that wall to do that. I got to, I got to try and go with him. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is, which is unreal for, for yeah, training. Absolutely. You know, like, like if you can ever get yourself in that, in that situation for any sport really. And Rich, like, it's like, uh, you know, even, even the weekend that, uh, Ryan and Blair came down and Shane came in and miles came in. Like, you know, Rich is used to training a lot of the time on his own. And all of a sudden yeah. for one weekend, you got five, you know, five high caliber athletes in the same gym doing all the same workouts. It's like the intensity is just, just yeah. automatically boys were sending it. Yeah. Automatically raised. Right. And it's kind of pushes everyone on oh. another level. So that, that's pretty cool to have, to have been part of that. Yeah. I got a funny story about Carrie about not taking any BS. Um, when I would have been 19, I think, um, kid by the name of Travis Hamanick, uh, he's from Winnipeg, plays in the NHL now anyway. Um, he had just been drafted by the Islanders the summer before. Yeah. And uh, the Islanders had, he had gone to their development camp in the spring and they sent him home with um, a training protocol for the summer. And Travis <laughs> walks in, hands it to Terry, and Terry's just like, well, at least they gave you something. That's nice. And just kind of like <laughs> threw it like threw it to the side of his desk, and like just 
continued on with <laughs> what we were going to do that day. And, um, and then next thing you know, like Terry's got the Islanders strength and conditioning coach and scouts and people calling him and emailing him like, Oh, like how's Travis doing? Like, how's this work going for him? Is he whatever? And Terry was like, well, he's not doing it. He's just following my program. And, and then the Islanders are calling and texting Travis being like, why aren't you doing our workouts? And like, well, my coach wants me to do this. Next thing you know, it's July and there's a Islanders representative walking into Dakota community center. <laughs> and they're like, they basically confront Terry and they're like, Hey, like this has got to change or like, he's not training here anymore. And Terry's like, guess he's not training here anymore then uh, yeah <laughs> zero, zero zero fox yeah i don't give a shit that you're an nhl representative like i know what i'm doing like sorry I mean, it's it's wild though like because like i mean if you know his history you know like he's been entrenched in like bulgarian yeah like team bulgaria weightlifting camps like and like training camps and like he's seen some of like the craziest training protocols ever right like i mean bulgaria was dominating weightlifting from the 70s to the late 80s right. and you know he he saw it firsthand and he saw what hard work is like all about and same with the soviet union like and if you do any reading on like bulgarian systems soviet union systems terry's training a lot of it is a is a very obvious blend of the two yeah um, and, and you can see it, which is, which is very cool. But yeah, he just, that's, that's such a cool story because that's like, that's him in a nutshell, right? It's like, Oh, you're like, this is by far like the highest, whatever, like whatever you want to call it, the most elite athlete I have in my gym. It's like, don't care. Yeah. You know, I want you here to work and like, you'll do what I say or there's the door. I thought that about that story quite a bit, like this summer and this fall, cause I had a kid um he was trying to get back into the western hockey league and the team that he was with was sending him they didn't say he had to do these protocols or these uh, workouts or anything but they said he needs to be able to do this this and this come training camp right. and like the test was like one mile run under this amount of time uh 300 meters shuttle run under this amount of time and i'm like i'm like okay we don't run enough in our program for you to make these type of gains in 16 weeks. So right. what did I do? I changed my protocol so that he was running more, whether he was doing two days with the true form and then once a week at the track, whatever it was. Yeah. Then we get to training camp and they don't do any of those tests. So now I'm like, okay, so we botched the summer trying to train for running when he's a hockey player and I could have been spending time doing other things that actually would have helped him on the ice which is the other frustrating part is because some teams don't have adequate strength and conditioning coaches in place to put tests on fitness tests on during camp that actually correlate with their on ice performance why are you test why are you telling me you're going to test a one mile run what does that tell you about his ability to play hockey okay you want to test him in a mile run let him do 400 meters at a time and then give him 90 seconds rest between each lap. Exactly. And then yeah. like test their, what, what's his total time then? Like, just sure. like some there's, so now I'm like, okay, Terry, we're, you're coming inside. And I'm never changing anything again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. It, it's funny that you say the, the 300 meter test, there was a, there was an NFL player, I forget who it was, who, uh, like, they, they try to make them run, like, that test, the 300-meter shuttle run for time, and he was just, yes. like, super adamant about it. He was just like, if it's ever third down and 300, just take me out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm not what? playing. I'm not signing up for that. Yeah. And I just remember even reminded me of, my first, uh, like my summer after high school, getting ready to go play university football, uh, I was going to school and they sent me, um, they sent me their workout program and I'm looking through it, I'm looking through it. And it's just like, these days are so long. These running workouts are just so long. Like I tried to, I tried to do one for like a couple of days in a row. I tried to do everything they programmed and it just took me like 
three, four hours and I was just bagged. And I was like, how are, how are these guys doing this? Like, I'm going to be so unfit. Like, these guys are going to crush me when I get out there. I get out there my first day of training camp. I'm talking to some guys. I'm like, hey, do you guys do the running workouts this summer? And they all just look at me and laugh. They're like, no, nah, we never do those running workouts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, not fall. Like, yeah, great. Trick you. Trick the yeah. freshman. Yeah, and then we never, like, did any of those tests. Like, the exact same scenario. Like, they tell you to do all these things. And I'm like, no, never test it. Miles, joining us. How are you? Okay. Look at these wearing boys. I called it. I'm right. <laughs> what is it, Miles? What do you got on? What kind of tarp? What kind of fleece tarp you got there? I knew it. Oh, it was yeah. a Blonix hoodie. My Blonix hoodie. Brand new. Got it yesterday, baby. <laughs> Just got a squat rack, too. Can you oh, guys, sick. Can you guys hear Miles? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Can you? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this again. This again. We got Will, I could try leaving and coming back. I don't know if that messes with our flow here. Um, uh, let's, just, let's just carry on. You, okay. Uh, yeah. Keep well, the next thing I want to talk about, like we've already been talking about it, but we never really like um, made it clear. Like Will runs a, a program out of Undefeated. He calls it Unrivaled. That's where like like we've been talking about. He's, he trains young athletes, majority of them being hockey players. I think all hockey players. Um, and so like, when Will's coaching those guys at the same time I'm coaching. So I always like look over and like see what kind of programming they're doing. And I always, and it's usually like, it's their traditional strength training cycle for the most part, but there is some like elements of CrossFit mixed in there. Like kind of exactly what he said about like, like a 400 meter run with rest. So like I see him programming a lot of um, like almost hockey esque um, workouts that use CrossFit. So like kind of simulating a hockey game where it's like, like obviously I want Will to talk about this, but it's like 30 to 60 seconds of a really hard effort and then 90 seconds of rest. So kind of simulating that. Um, so what, what, like, I just kind of want to talk about like your, your mix of like strength training while using some implements of CrossFit to help these guys get ready to play hockey. Yeah. Like they'll probably do three or four days of just like traditional strength and conditioning. Um, the usual back squat, deadlift, power clean, bench press, and then, you know, all the different accessory stuff that goes with it. Um, but yeah, the, for their conditioning, very rarely will they do like long pieces. It's, you know, they're pushing the sled or they're on the air bike with light power, like power cleans, or light barbell movements for that kind of 30 to a minute area. And then they're getting, you know, minute and a half to three minutes rest and, because that's more realistic for them. Like, do you, do they want to be able to go longer? Yeah, for sure. Probably if they get stuck out on the ice, like for you know, a long shift, but even a long shift is going to be considered a minute to a minute and a half. So, I was going to say, I was going to say, well, if they're on the ice any longer, they're getting benched anyway. So who cares? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like that's way too long of a shift. So that's what I mean by also to like the, like testing the one mile run in a training camp. You're, 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 you're finding who's aerobically fit to run a specific distance, not anaerobic, like hockey players, I consider them anaerobic athletes, even though their, their bouts of, of work are longer than whatever, 10 to 20 seconds. Sure. It's the, they're out there for 45, but what are they actually accomplishing in that 45 seconds? How hard are they? They're gliding, right? They're maybe, you know, put all their effort into one part of their shift. That's about 15 to 20 seconds, maybe. Right. Like right. If, if you watch an NHL game, how long does one guy have the puck for? Yeah. Max in a shift, like not a few, few yeah. seconds. Right. So there's a lot of, but yeah, it, um, lots of, lots of interval work. Um, the, I, I pulled out one of the workouts we did, um, in a CrossFit class this summer for the first time, it was like, forget the exact distances but it's like i think it's 2000 meter row two mile bike and then like 150 um, goblet squats for time but you can only work for 45 seconds at a time and then you have i think it's like a minute and a half rest and then you go again um and it absolutely destroyed um the crossfit classes and the 
like my guys, like it crushes them too, but on, on a different level, they get, I just mean their time was like way below what the CrossFit classes were doing and everyone was just pickled. Right. So it's, it's interesting. Like, and that's, that was an eye opening thing for me too. Like programming for the CrossFit class, like, oh, okay, we need, this is something that we should, this element anyway, is something I should try and program a little bit more for the CrossFit classes, like interval work like that. Cause it's clearly a, a whole you know what's you know what you know what i love doing will is on this topic is is writing a, a traditional uh crossfit chipper however you want to write it with whatever and then just and then like I, I just call them like 30 30 chippers right so you just you just write your laundry list like you could do filthy 50 for example right but then you can only work 30 seconds on 30 seconds off until it's all done and yeah. you can just write the most traditional stuff and then just you set the intervals and away you go yeah you know what I mean? So the so the people doing CrossFit, for example, it's like, oh, cool. This is just like, you know, in their mind, it's like this is just traditional CrossFit stuff. It's yeah. like, meanwhile, like you can put them in the exact energy system that you want them working in, like whenever you want, right? By using just something as simple as that, which is super cool. Programming, I Oops. like it. Programming. I remember doing that workout Will was talking about, and uh, yeah, it wasn't very fun. It was pretty gnarly. Uh, there's one guy. Uh, oh fuck! Are you gonna say what I think you're gonna say? <laughs> I don't think so. The, but the okay. one, uh, like Will was saying, a lot of the the CrossFit members were putting up better scores. But I believe the the best score overall was from one of Will's guys. He's a he's a Division One hockey kid, and he's like six two, and he just absolutely hammered me on this workout. Like he just crushed the rower, crushed the bike. So I think it says something about like. No, I think I think Will said that the, the hockey kids crushed the CrossFitters, correct? Yeah. Yeah. He's saying that. He's yeah. saying that. Rich his, said? No, Rich no. is saying that the Crossfitters. He Will's point. Will's point was that the the hockey kids overall fared better because they're so used to working in that exact time domain, right. like sure. all yeah. the, all the time. Whereas, like, you give a Crossfitter, you know, if they're not used to doing you know, work, rest, work, rest, not like at high intensity, that that's going to crush them. Right. Is, is Rich, right, didn't you say that, didn't you, Rich, didn't you say that um, Tyler crushed you? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. he said as a whole, Rich thought the CrossFitters fared better except for that one kid, but it was all, it was the oh. kids in general. All good. Carry on. Anyway, I'd have to go back crushed. and look, but yeah, but this Tyler, if you. if you stood, if you said this kid next to and you said, okay, 50 bucks, you don't know what the workout is, and I pulled that one out, you'd probably pick Rich, just like looking at the two of them. This kid looks like he's fit. He looks like a hockey player. Rich is I mean, fit and looks like Thor. Who are you going to take? Yeah. I mean, I, I take Rich against most people in almost right. anything all the time. So, right. <laughs> But no, he crushed me. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. He was pulling like, oh man, like some of the numbers that can pull on the rower. Jesus, so animal on that rower. Wow, He's a big kid though. But, yeah, um, it's super yeah. similar. Super similar to the way I used to train for football is. I used to train for football is the average length of a play is like three to five seconds. So like you're really trying like super short intervals with lots of rest. Um, I just remember doing tons of like just sprint workouts like that, just like all out sprint for 20 to 30 yards and then like a full minute recovery, all out sprint 20 to 30 yards, full minute recovery. Um, but then I did find some like benefit in doing some longer things like a football game is an hour long, a hockey game is an hour long. So it is important I find at least to, to hit some of those longer domains that you can have energy at the end of the game and I know even now with my CrossFit training, like uh, Dave can speak to this, is like doing some of those longer aerobic pieces. Um, I found it really helped um, my conditioning just because it's like the opposite of what I've done. I've, I've kind of neglected those long aerobic pieces for so long that like slowly like implementing them in has helped a lot. Yeah, when you're not, when you don't, haven't been exposed to that stimulus, you're going to make gains quicker than something you've been exposed to for a while. Yeah, hundred percent. And like it's 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 uh, CrossFit's just so it's so much tougher because with with football, hockey, 
whatever it is, you, you know exactly what you're getting into every single time. Right. So like, you know, the, the simplicity of, of training so sports specific for that, it makes it very easy to, to program for. Whereas CrossFit, like, you know, when we show up and we're trying to peak for something, it's like, well, we we might need to work for an hour straight with no no rest or 10 sec like a 10 second effort you know what i mean yeah. so like makes the <clears throat> like a lot tougher to kind of dial in like you've got to you've got to be all over the place and kind of like yeah. you know spend as much time on your weaknesses as you can while trying to maintain the, the things that you're already good at so you, it's this it's this constant like juggling of like like my strength is here my like you know my aerobic capacity is here it's like can I bring this up while only letting this, you know, kind of drop a little bit and then maybe even bump it back up or whatever. But like things are going to have to slowly give while you address other areas of, of what you're doing. Like uh, an example of this, and I can, I could use rich as this example, or even uh, Tyson Takasaki was an example of this. Tyson played wide receiver, um, university football, rich played linebacker. Both of these you know, both of these guys at some point in their lives back squatted well over 500 pounds. It's like, well, do you, do you need to do that in CrossFit to be an elite CrossFitter? No. Right. So like, I'm not going to try and keep Rich's back squat at 550 pounds, which is going to take, you know, a lot of his training and add a ton of stress to his body where it's like, we need to spend more time doing gymnastics and like make him more you know, he's incredibly yeah. powerful, incredibly strong, but he's got to be more enduring. So like, you know, a 550 pound back squat, we don't need to spend nearly as much time back squatting with Rich as I would with Miles, for example, where Miles comes from the opposite, where he's got all the aerobic capacity anyone could ever need at CrossFit, but needs to get way, way stronger. Yeah. I think so, like if you... A little bit, a little bit about the kind of the time. Um versus developing strength like a lot of the t people say it takes years and years to develop strength right it's going to take a lot longer to develop that i mean in your experience how long is it going to take to um if you took a really strong athlete how long is it going to take to get him in shape um uh, from a conditioning standpoint it depends how much you're willing to take off on the strength stuff like like dave said um i think um it's hard to say because most of the guys I work with, from a, in a hot in the hockey standpoint anyway, they are coming in conditioning wise relatively okay, um, but their strength levels are so so low. Um, they're in decent shape from in season, just like practicing and, and games, um, but like they're so weak compared to when they left. So any any like stimulus of, of strength work, I give them it skyrockets almost within four weeks. They're they've put on X amount onto the bar compared to where they were, and that's that's very good for me in a sense that the, they're confident then in what we're doing. Um, but if if you said if I don't know, I don't know how to word this. Um, like I would be confident that I could put a hundred pounds on a kid's back squat over a summer. Right. If they came in yeah. out of season in season from in season squatting two fifty, I would be confident I could have them leave at three fifty. And that's okay. just it's that. because of it's because it's not CrossFit programming. Like there's not they only do can I only give them conditioning workouts twice a week so like even if they're not right. squatting they're okay they're doing trap bar deadlifts they're doing trap bar like jumping deadlifts they're power cleans front squats for um, sure all I stuff that's going to go towards does that answer the question i don't know 300 yeah to go from like a 250 to a perhaps a 350 squat easier than going from a 400 to a 500 pound squat right exactly yeah you're going to have yeah exactly miles the like i think i like you know it's a uh, i know why will struggles with answering that question a little bit because like it's one of those like you don't want to say it depends but it does it depends on who it is and then yeah. it depends on on how much you know like 
with a CrossFit athlete, like you need to get that person to buy into what you're doing. Like if you're, if you're someone who is like, you know, I squat, you know, I'm like 300 pounds. I'd love to squat 400 pounds. Well then like you have to be willing to make that the absolute priority if that's yeah. what you want to do, yeah. because there's totally. such a, there's such a give and take in CrossFit where it's like, well, you know, like I want to squat 450 and I want to do, you know, I want to run, you know, have a, you know, sub six mile and have a, it's all this stuff. It's like, well, you know, maybe we can get there, but that's going to take a long time. Yeah. Whereas like, yeah. you know, if you're like, man, strength right now is the priority. It's like, well, then we can, we can build that real quick, but yeah. I can't have you running a 5k twice a week. You know what I mean? Like you're, yeah. you're not going to be able to, you're not going to give the squat workouts what, what they need in order for that, those, those protocols to work. Because like, I can squat you super, super aggressively twice a week and put a huge amount of weight on your back squat. Yeah. But I can't, I can't have you coming to those squats dead tired and not ready to tackle what I need you to tackle. So like, yeah, making the priority, the priority, and then being okay, letting other things drop in the meantime, if you have such a huge discrepancy that needs addressing. Totally. Good example right. of that is we had a, we had a Miles we had a member at the gym who was the same age as some of the kids in my hockey program. This kid is a CrossFitter, go and like is friends with these other kids that I work with, and they're putting on X amount of weight onto their back squat, their bench press, power clean, all these things. And his biggest hole as a CrossFitter, as a young CrossFitter, is strength, which is understandable. Like as a 16, 17 year old CrossFitter, you're yeah. not going to be that strong. And he wanted to get strong. Okay, well, then you basically have to stop CrossFitting almost to, to some degree. Like Dave said, like he just needed to focus on strength, but he yeah. still wanted to do the 25-minute the Metcon with muscle-ups, handstand push-ups, all yeah. the fancy things. And it's like, well, then, sorry, man, you're never going to be squatting over 300 pounds. And to, to be successful at CrossFit at, on some level, on a competitive level anyway – like you're going to have to be squatting more than that from a one RM standpoint anyway. Yeah. 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 You don't have to be wildly strong, but you need to be strong enough. Yeah. Right. Um, you, and it's the same thing. It's like, I mean, it's, it's a, it's funny because the test always dictates the train. Right. So like what I mean by that is like whatever seems to be trending in CrossFit, mm -hmm then dictates how we are training overall. So yeah. like in, in the past, I would say that one RMs and CrossFit used to be more important. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. every, every competition, every regionals, you would see without fail at least one, one rep max of some kind, if not two, right? Yeah. Now, um, you know, even this year going, going to Wadapalooza, but correct me if I'm wrong, there was no max effort. No, I don't right? think so. There yeah. was a there was a, a relatively heavy deadlift burpee workout, and that was the heaviest. That was the that was yeah. the strength event. So I, like yeah. th that dictates like now you're starting to see this shift where it's like it, it it looks to me like they're putting more of a priority on overall work capacity than pure strength. Even though like there will be things that come up, like that's why CrossFit's hard because like. At any given moment, sure, there could be a max snatch, right? Yeah. Um, so you have to be well versed at everything, but um, I don't necessarily think that being super, super strong is as important. Yeah. Today, as it was in like 2013, yeah. let's say 2014. Things will ebb and flow. Or, or, or you, or you can't. Yeah. And there's just more guys, right? So like, someone who's super, super strong could just like get through you know have a workout with a barbell in it and it, it wouldn't even if he wasn't that fit could have a good score because let's just and i mean I take this with a grain of salt but like no one was that fit now all of the, the competitors are so wildly fit that like just because you're stronger than people doesn't mean that you're going to beat them in dt Yep. Do, you, do, you, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. of their fitness is so high that yeah. even though that, that barbell might be stronger for like this person than that person, they're not hired. 
Sure. <laughs> so they're just they're just never <laughs> they're just never stopping. Yep. You saw um, that at the regional level, like during the open in like 2011, 12, 13, people started CrossFit a month before they you know before the open. They do the open and they qualify for regionals. Today, right. if if regionals were a thing and they were still taking top twenty, there it, you wouldn't have one person who, if you're not training for two years doing CrossFit, trying to compete at regionals, you would not qualify. You know, right? Like it's just it's too competitive now. Or there might be some outliers who did CrossFit S stuff before, but you know, like you you'd never see it, never see it at all. There's yeah. just so many now like very very complex gymnastics now that are being implemented i mean it's just getting more more difficult too so i mean you have yeah. to you have those skills you know in, in your back pocket yeah totally it's a, it's, a, it's a tricky thing i find like I, I have like you know i have no problem to like writing it i find that athletes have a harder time buying into it or being okay with being like like you know, oh, I want to get stronger. All right, well, let's get stronger. And then it's yeah. like, well, you know, but now I, I don't feel as. It's like, well, yeah, of course you don't feel as good in your twelve-minute AMRAP. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> you know it's, what I mean? It's a you shot know, to the ego. I mean? yeah. yeah, yeah. Like 100%. I'll I'll do stuff where like I after after my squats, I have to do like the next day, I have to do running shit, and just my legs are heavy, and I feel like a big yeah. old pile of crap. And you just have to say, okay, like you worked hard yesterday like this is just how it is and that's that's an ego problem like you need to check that in and say hey like i need to reevaluate my goals if like if i'm not happy with this going down while something comes up well that's the sport of crossfit like you it's have to be good at everything right and, and then mm -hmm. and then also understand or trust trust whoever you're working with or whatever it is that yes. like you're not going to be doing your 10 by 6 back squat 6 days out from your sanctioned event Yes. Right. <laughs> right. Like this is the off season. So like, yeah, tomorrow's training might suffer for that brutal squat session you're having or whatever it is. But like it's so far away from whatever we're doing next that like that's OK. Like, yeah, you know, we yeah. can we can we got all the time to recover. Yeah, it doesn't matter. One thing it's it's also about outlook, like what I'll do when I'm training and if my legs are just demolished. I'll think like, man, like in a competition, I could feel like this, right? Like, yeah. Rich, I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure you know, uh, Miles, you too. Um, Dakota Games this year, like the last, the last day had how many squats in it, right? Like <laughs> our legs were not fresh for those thrusters. They were not. Yeah. We, our legs were trash. Even if like maybe the adrenaline was helping us out, like again, sure. our body went through a stimulus and it got beaten up. And like when you're training, use that as like motivation of like this is how I'm gonna feel in a competition. I need to like buckle down and like you know yeah. suffer through this. This is good practice, right? Yeah, yeah, so. I that's programmed where I, <laughs> I mean it's literally blowing wind in my face, and it's like I don't want to do this, right? But no. it's like you know, <laughs> I mean, sure, my time's gonna be really really slow, but it's this is just a mental game. I'm gonna go grind this one out. And you're gonna be better for it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like in other competitions have their own flavors, right? Like I've been doing Dakota Games for six years now. I know how Jessica Grandal programs. Like I understand it. Like she's had, you know, the ten. We did snatches ten, eight, six, four, two of um, increasing in load each set, and uh, we did that same thing for clean and jerks. Uh and it w it's ended at like 305 or something like that. Um, we've had workouts where the it's you have five reps to do snatches, um, or it takes your five highest snatches, and you have 10 minutes to hit those five snatches or something like that, right? And you can if you hit 10 snatches total and you hit you know five at uh, 100 and five at 200, your score is you know uh, 1,000. Uh, pounds that's it you add your your highest five lifts you you could snatch right. 400 times if you want or that's you could snatch five times right like right. i know how she kind of programs and so like as i got closer to the dakota games like you start doing those high repetition high loading you know like snatch workouts like different competitions have their own flavors you know regionals is a little tougher because it's always dave caster just does a very good job of being random but it's still a good test but you have like different competitions with their own flavors and it's just interesting. So. Yeah.
which is what we're starting to see now at the sanctional level is yes like certain sanctionals if you're a certain athlete you want to go to those sanctionals like the mid-atlantic there's always two three max lifts there's really heavy there's really heavy events like miami you know there's always going to be an ocean swim for wadapalooza yep. same with dubai there's gonna be an ocean swim there's gonna be a desert run and then the one in switzerland alpine swiss swiss norway like i know reykjavik had a had a mountain run yeah, so like a trail run somewhere in one of those European ones. So you can start to pick and choose the type of athlete you are, which sanctionally you should go to. Yeah, and you're you're dumb if you're not doing that, right? Like Can West, um, right? It was two max lifts for Can West yeah. last year. Yeah, like and, and and the people who run it, are, like they they run other comps as well, and they're you know notorious for that. It's just you know two max lifts at almost every competition they've programmed for the last few years yeah so dave why do you think that is that some sanctionals are putting a heavier um bias on weightlifting or strength period when we see at the games that's not the the case whatsoever yeah. that's the one problem i have with sanctionals is that the games is still the gov- crossfit is still the governing body of the games and they're saying this is what it takes to be fittest on earth yet they don't have control, true control over who qualifies through sanctionals. Totally. I, t- I totally agree with you, Will. But, and, and if to answer your question, I think based on just, just seeing it, I, I just think it's, they're putting it in there because they think it's exciting to watch. Yes. Fair. That's yep. fair. And that's, that's the only reason that it's in there. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that testing a max snatch is a bad idea. Like, no, I, I, I I think it's i think there's a spot for it i just don't think that uh i think there's there's also like other ways to test you know um one rm strength or top end strength um other than on its own and get creative with it like you know like like ryan was saying like you know people like watching snatch ladders people like watching speed clean ladders stuff like that where Mm -hmm. it's like you know when you get to that last bar a, you need to be strong enough to do it, and B, you you need to like have that CP battery like recovery to like I'm I've already done 20 clean and jerks like now I got to do two clean and jerks at or whatever I've done 28 clean and jerks now yeah. I got to do two clean and jerks at 305 or 315 or you know, 335 whatever it is you know what I mean so like there's yeah. there's an element of fitness and strength um, required to get through that and I and personally like. I mean, even though I'm like, you know, biased to the weightlifting stuff with what I do, but like, I still would rather see competitive effort like that. Like, I like watching that stuff better as a, on the fan side of things rather than just watching a, a one rep max or whatever it is. Yep. Right. I find one rep maxes to be very boring to watch. Yeah. They, you know? it, I used to think it was exciting, like, when, you know, a long time ago, but now I, I'd rather see the ladders. I'd rather see, like, even the, um, like I love those open workouts, um, you know, the toe to bar double under clean ascending and then the chest to bar snatch ascending. I thought those were two of the best strength yes. open workouts ever written. Um, yep. because you, you, you had to be fit, you had to be skilled and you had to be strong to do well. in in those workouts, right. You couldn't, you couldn't do well in that workout with, with, without having all of those people. Yeah. You have um, to earn the right. Yeah. You got to yeah. earn earn the right well, to show to show the separation those ones tended to hurt significantly more i found because you see that heavier weight and you're like oh i can lift that i want to get to it so maybe you go out sure. a little bit too <laughs> yeah. hot yeah. and yeah. crash and burn yeah yeah and it's it's funny how many how many people did you guys have um over, over like maybe not the second time around because it was a repeat but the first year it came out i remember specifically in my gym you know, people really like being like, okay, I can clean 225 easy. Like, I'd love to get a couple reps that 225 bar, and then just completely dismissing, <laughs> c- completely dismissing the first two bars, right? Being like, ah, 135, 185. Don't touch and go. <laughs> easy. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. And then they get into the workout, and they're on that 185 bar, just suck and win, right? And it's like, it's like, it's so funny, like such a, um, uh, humbling humbling workout for so yeah. many people right and yeah. I, I thought that, i thought that was such a cool workout for that reason it's like you look at it you know it's not that many toes to bar it's not that many double unders 
it's light and then like that even like that, that first set of cleans at 135 you're just like holy this is a lot of cleans <laughs> 15 cleans at 135 right it's like it's it takes like a very very fit person to even get through that 225 bar let never mind get to that 315 bar right so yeah, yeah. I, I i enjoy that kind of stuff where there's like so many factors involved with the strength um to me that's that's crossfit at, at its finest but yeah um but yeah go, go to your question well i, I just think that just be, just for the fans that's what i think yeah, it's for, sure. for um like i said i i don't mind mixing in a max but i don't i don't think any I don't think any organizer should ever feel like, okay, which max are we going to do this year? I don't think you should have that um, mindset when you're programming uh, a competition. If, 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 you know, if it works out and like the, with what you've kind of like mapped out, you're like, Hey, like this actually works really nicely with what we want to like, you know, kind of like fill in a test of, you know, a max effort here. Cool. That's great. But like, you know, if you've got a bunch of other stuff and there's heavy stuff in there, like you don't don't force don't force an event in there that doesn't need to be in there yep i agree and you can test strength in so many different ways like a sandbag right like just that raw grunt grunt work stuff like there are so many ways i i was gonna say um the the granite games from a few years ago they they had a people say like oh they only had like one heavy barbell but the last event was a uh was a 200 yard like sandbag carry for the teams of three and it was a 250 pound sandbag for the guys and the 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 team that was in the lead was actually my my gym's team it was travis privula dustin mcwilliams and danny kimmel and they they were in the lead the whole weekend they had so many first place shirts because they were every event they'd get a new first place shirt so like they're getting me one you know like yeah and and you know they're they're going into the final event they won the sprint event right before that and it it went right into the sandbag carry and then they got demolished by it like none of them could grip it they've never held a sandbag that heavy before and uh they lost it it was hard to watch it was very funny that was the year i went in a two-person team in the three-person competition uh with nick liebert because our third guy dropped out and we did the whole competition as a team of two and uh we we beat them in that workout (laughs) <laughs> we we beat them in that workout. You can go on the leaderboard and look it up. We beat them in the row as well, I think. I'm not 100% sure on that. But yeah. That was a that was a good weekend. You know, we beat them in a sandbag workout. It was very funny. But yeah, like you can test strength in great ways. And those all three of those guys incredibly strong at the barbell. But again, they had a weakness in their strength, which is, you know, being able to have long arms, you know. So, it <laughs> It it depends. Like there there are different ways to test strength, and you know you can be creative with it. So definitely comes yeah. back to like Dave said, entertainment. Like I hate watching people do sandbag workouts. I think it's boring. Yes. Yeah. I agree. There I, was. I agree. There's one sandbag workout yeah. that I can think of that was fun to watch, and that was the filthy 150s sandbag workout where they were th- chucking it behind them yeah. and trying to get sandbag cleans for distance. <laughs> just oh, yeah. oh, so yeah. crazy. Just people arching their backs so hard. It, that was a it was, that was it a was, good it was good a workout. Spinal. Was it? To, it was toes to bar and sandbag for distance, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's good. Oh, yeah. Mess up your back. Oh yeah, spine is broken. Yeah. Is what's, uh, Will, what's what's going on with your hockey team this year? Did did their did their season? Did they get the whole season in? Yeah, we lost. Oh, at what stage? Yeah, no, we had a really good year actually. Uh, we lost to the eventual city champion in overtime in the semifinals and. Uh, yeah, but we the provincial tournament never happened, so um, we didn't qualify because where we were eliminated. But uh, right. kind of sucks for those other kids that did qualify and didn't actually get to to play that tournament because that's definitely a I played in it twice back in the day, and it's definitely can be a highlight for for some kids, I'm sure. Um, right. Which, but that's they're not alone in that. Like all NCAA sports and tournaments got canned and. Yeah. yeah, it's disappointing for sure. What what is what does that do? Um, you know, I don't I don't follow as much hockey anymore. So like with that happening, like for like let's say this year's upcoming draft, like is this just like you know, I know there's like 
rankings of where kids are at do, do those rankings just kind of like freeze and like now that draft's going to happen based like and kids just kind of like don't get their their last kind of shot to like you know kind of like prove themselves or how's that right. what's that, what, what does that look like yeah so like every whatever it is a couple weeks once a month nhl scouting nhl central scouting will release like whatever their top hundred and so players and there would just be less rankings then unfortunately because there that's too bad because there would be some kids that you know would use the playoffs to show they yeah, got another year uh, got a freeze there no oh well Will's gone. <laughs> he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. What do you think he's saying? <laughs> no. I know, I, admit, I, I know where he was going. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I guess maybe that's a cue to end it there. <laughs> yeah, we could call it here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me hit the pause button. Guys, thank you for joining us. Episode 5 of Effort Over Everything. We will talk to you guys next week.